There we go. We're live. All right. Hello. Hello. Hello, Neil. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is Joy Foster, and I'm the founder of Tech Pixies. And uh, Tech Pixies is all about helping women upskill with modern technology, return to work, change careers, start a business. And uh, we are coming to you in the middle of the coronavirus crisis. And it does feel very much like that in my house right now. You can see, I won't show you everything, but um, if you are watching this live, you will definitely uh, be able to notice that the um, the rest of the house has been decluttered in order to give us some normality. And my office has become the place where everything has gone. Um, but also, I think, you know, we were talking earlier, we just, we had two minutes before we went live. And I was saying, you know, I haven't, I haven't washed my hair in three days because, you know, it's, I forgot what it's like to have kids 24 seven, you know? know right? <laughs> It's been yeah. fun. It's been fun. But shower time, who has time for that? So, Neil, you are here to talk about time. Uh, someone's going to come on and talk to me about decluttering next. But I'm really pleased that you're <laughs> here to talk to me about time because right now there is some people have a plethora of it. Some people don't have enough of it. Uh, people are trying to juggle everything right now. I've got some questions that have come in. So obviously I wanna um, address those with you, but why don't you introduce yourself uh, to talk about um, why you care so much about unbusying women's lives. Yeah, thank you, Joy. Thank you so much for having me here. And I'm so excited to get to talk with you and all of your, uh, your tribe. I am a life and productivity coach. I'm certified through Brooke Castillo's The Life Coach School. If any of your listeners, followers are familiar with her, uh, she's an amazing, amazing human. And I'm also just finishing up her master coach certification as well. So I'm going to be one of the, I think there's maybe 30 to 40 of us that are master level certified coaches through the Life Coach School. So huge honor for me to be accepted into that program and to going through that. And really has propelled me to a higher level as a coach. And so the reason why productivity and unbusying lives is so important to me is because that's basically the journey that I've been on over the last about five years. So I was working a pretty high level corporate job, partner track, had a child, and then was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't figure this out. I'm working way more than I want to. I feel like I'm failing as a mom. I'm failing as an employee. I'm like failing on all fronts. And I just felt like everything was so busy and it's just rushing by me. And I wanted to like, you know how that commercial, I think it was a stables commercial or something where they had like the easy button and you just want to like press the easy button to like pause life, and, like just stop for a minute so I can breathe. Um, and so what I decided to do was figure out how to become my own easy button basically and figure out how to pause my life and be able to be very present and consciously create it instead of just like being at the effect of it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm feeling the effect of that myself right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's why I'm working with you actually. Uh, so those of you who don't know Neil, uh, I have told a lot of the techniques about Neil because I love your podcast, which um, you have recently launched called Unbusy Your Life. And, uh, and, and really, to be honest, I mean, I've been on this journey of trying to set up a successful business for whatever that is means, you know, for different people, it means different things. But for about 12 years, this is my third business. It's the final 
I don't want to say the final one, but it's the one where I finally said, okay, all eggs in one basket. I'm really going for this because I, I believe in what we can do for women, but also it was commercially viable in a way that my previous businesses just weren't. And it was something that I really wanted to barrel forward with. Um, but with that has come a lot of uh, demands on my time. And so I got to a place where I just felt like um, I needed, well, and also, you know, I, we talk about it a, a lot inside the Tech Pixie world, but, you know, I, by working late at night, I was going to bed late at night, you know, which is a common thing that happens for women who work and also, you know, want to be around with their kids and everything else. So, you know, that was putting some strain on the marriage as well, because I wasn't going to bed when he was going to bed. And we're not talking like a couple nights, we're talking about years of me going to bed later, because the only time I felt like I could build my business um, was at night. And uh, ironically, we're here now doing this at night. But uh, this is this is one of the only nights I'm um, I mean, we've switched a bit more to to nights now because of Corona virus and having to, to speak to people um, in the evening, because that's when people are free with um, from their children to participate in a conversation like this. But I, I definitely um, have found by working with you that that you've got some very sage advice and some very some things women need to hear about time that I think are really important. So um, we've got a lot of ladies watching now. Oh, good. So I just wanna, yeah, I just want to. So I know this goes on to our podcast. So obviously, if you're watching the pod or you're listening to the podcast, this is going to be irrelevant, but I'll have Colby remove it out. Um, but Natasha's here, Lois is here, Paula's here, Heidi's here. So I just want to acknowledge them. And there's, there'll be some more coming in after the live. So let's talk about some of the truths that originally we were going to talk about procrastination, but I think we've got deeper things to talk about with time. So of course, if you are watching live, this is your opportunity to drop a question there. I have a few questions to bring forwards, but I, what I want to talk about are some of the truths around time that, that, or maybe the lies that we tell ourselves about time. Um, and you can debunk those with the truth. So let's talk about some of those. Yeah. So some of the most common ones that I hear are, I don't have enough time and there's too much to do and I'm too busy and I just can't do it all. So all of those things are things that I think a lot of us really believe to be true about our lives. And when we believe things like that, what happens is that's what we end up creating in our world. So they end up being self-fulfilling prophecies basically, right? So if you believe that you don't have enough time, what you're going to do is go around probably wasting your time, not getting the most out of your time and proving to yourself then that there isn't enough time. So a lot of those things that I think we have accepted as truth and to some degree, we even think, I see this a lot too, and this was true for me as a working mom. I just believe that that was part of the life of a working mom. Like that's just what I have to accept as true. This has to be the way that it is until my son's out of the house or he's graduated from college or whatever the thing is. I just have to endure this. I have to white knuckle my way through my life until my circumstances change. And that's really what I want, if nothing else, that your listeners to hear is that that is not true. And I am a living example of that. And my clients are living examples of reversing that belief pattern and creating life on purpose for it to be exactly the way that you want. 
So one of the things that came up, so Neil and I are in a mastermind together, and which means we're in a group of like-minded business people who are building businesses. And we uh, talk about all sorts of different things, but we're also in a, I'm also in her group life coaching course, um, which she's doing over a 12 week period, just like our Tech Pixies program runs over an 11 week period. And what we promise at Tech Pixies is it's gonna be transformational. If you do the work, you're gonna see the change and all that good stuff. And Neil, it's not dissimilar to you. You know, if we do the work, uh, those of us who are learning how to manage their time better, if we do the work, we're gonna to start to see changes in our life. So when you say that someone says, you know, these, these things to themselves that aren't true, how do, how do they create that reversal? How do they change that thought process? Yeah. So I wanna just point out, I will tackle that, but I wanna point out just one thing that you just said, because I think this is important. This is also one of those um, adopted beliefs that I think that we've heard so often we we've, we've accepted as truth, which is that we have to learn how to manage our time. I don't teach anybody how to manage time. It's like saying that I'm going to teach you how to manage air or water or a river, right? Like it, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense to even do that. So what I do is I teach people how to manage themselves in their time. Because the difference, like if we took an hour of my time and we compared it to an hour of someone else's time, our production in those two hours would likely be different. It's not because the number of minutes is different. We still have 60 minutes. It's because of who I show up to be in that hour and the brain that I'm using in that hour versus the other person and how they're showing up in that hour. So it's more the biggest driver of productivity and whether you get things done and that you're creating the life that you really want is all about you. And it's all individualized. It's you learning to become the best you that you can be in the 24 hours that you have every day. And so that is the biggest difference from the work that I do to what you could just Google out on the market for any time management or productivity like system. It's just fundamentally what I help you do is change you. And well, that results in you doing more in your life. And, and yesterday when we were in that group call, one of the things came up was like, I, I work better under pressure. So if I leave it to the last minute, and this wasn't just me, this was like the whole group was saying this, yeah. if I leave it to the last minute, I'll actually perform better uh, under pressure and things like that. And so there are all sorts of things that are ingrained in the way that we think about time. Um, yeah. But now we've got to uh, start thinking about time in a different way. And like you just said, the very first thing we got to think about is it's not about time, it's about you. Uh, and that's really important. Um, I think as you said that, it really hit me because I'm, I'm, I'm starting to really fully understand how much of an impact you personally have on your time. Now, I've always believed that you have, you have an impact on your mindset, you have an impact on your decisions, you know, so, at, and I'm probably, I've kind of crossed that bridge, right? So the mindset bridge, I'm there. I get a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And that's something we're trying to teach at Tech Pixies to make sure people understand, you know, to have that, that growth mindset to, you know, to really identify, is this thought process I'm having, is it going to help me or hurt me? Is it going to move me forwards or is it going to move me backwards? Um, but I think I'm still crossing that bridge when it comes to time and really um, being able to tell myself things like something like, you know, I can do something even if I don't want to do it. You know, that was, we were talking about procrastination yesterday and 
how, you know, you'll typically, I typically tend to do things that I want to do and leave the things that I don't want to do. And they just kind of pile up slowly on the side. And, and your point was, well, actually you can do things you don't want to do. You do it all the time when you have to, but you, you know, that was one of your points. So let's talk, let's, I, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about. You've got an incredible podcast. I think people should go and listen to it because really the, and, and listen from the very beginning. Cause I think you give great, you give a, it's a, there's a great path to follow, you know, go back to the start of the podcast and work your way through. Um, but I really think that, you know, right now, you know, we've, we've, we've got the, we've got the normal side of time, which is, I guess, uh, feeling like we're, we don't have time to do anything or, you know, or not getting those things done that we want to get done or that infinite to-do list. So that's our like normal time period. Right. (laughs) And right now we're in like crisis time period where it feels uh, even harder to do those things. You know, the kids who were at school 30 hours a week are now in our homes and we've got to make sure they get educated. And yet we've still got to work ourselves. And so I know those are a lot of concerns that women are having right now. Um, so can you speak to the way that we think about time in a normal circumstance versus when we're in a little bit more of a pressured circumstance? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really applicable both ways. So the way that I'm thinking about it right now is we've kind of been thrown into this productivity fire where we don't have a lot of the same luxuries that we did with using our time in maybe a more wasteful way, maybe procrastinating, maybe giving into that idea that I'm not going to do it because I don't want to, or that I'll just do it later. I have plenty of time to do it later. Some of those things are really like, they're not available to us anymore. And I think that's a beautiful thing because that means we have to just get to work, right? We don't have the ability to just shove that stuff off because like you said, we may be in an environment now where our number of work hours is constrained even more from what it was before. And so this, I feel like is an amazing opportunity for all of us to rise up to a different level than what we were before the coronavirus was in the world. Now we're, we don't have the option not to. And so how are we gonna rise up to that challenge and learn how to still get what you what you just said, like get our work done, but also homeschool our kids and not go crazy, right? Like I am feeling exactly the same way that you were. I feel like, so my son's 10 now, but I feel like I've like went back in time in some ways to when he was like a toddler. Do you remember yeah. when they're like following you around everywhere? Like you literally could not even go to the bathroom by yourself. There was zero time by yourself. And I kind of feel like we're back in that situation again. And for me, because my son's home all the time, but my husband's around a lot more too. So there's just humans all around in a lot more than there was before. And so we do have to manage ourselves around distraction. I think expecting that there's not going to be distraction in our workday is just setting ourselves up for failure because of course there's going to be distraction. There's more humans around than there were before. And so how do we want to handle that is one of the big ways that will show our kids. I think this is really an opportunity for us to show our kids how to thrive in the midst of uncertainty. Like every day, something new is coming at us that we can't necessarily anticipate today. I don't know where 
um, England is or where, you know, all your listeners are and what the law is right now. But our governor in my state just declared a, um, you have to stay at home. Yeah, we just hit that last night as well. Yeah. So now not only do we have to stay at home, but we can't like, you're not supposed to go anywhere. Like my husband literally had to get a letter because he's considered essential personnel in the industry that he's in. He has to carry a letter around with him so that if the, when the cops pull him over because he's driving to work in the morning, he doesn't get thrown in jail, right? Like this is just a different set of circumstances that we've ever been in before. But what I want your listeners to know is there's definitely ways for them to be able to get their work done in a smaller amount of time. And I'm happy to talk about a few of those if you think yeah, that would be I'm, well. Yeah, I would love, let me tell you what I'm doing and then you can tell me your, if I should be fixing this or, or changing it. Uh, so I've done a couple things. I've obviously stopped showering. You know, that saved me a bit of time. <laughs> I've stopped decluttering. That saved me a lot of time. Uh, and my husband's not here. He would tell you that it looks like this all the time, but I do try and make <laughs> more of an effort. Um, so those are two of my, my top tips. Stop showering and, you know, stop worrying about tidying up. <laughs> Um, no, but apart from that, actually, one of the reasons this room looks this way, and we kind of talked about this in the beginning, was because I did try and make the family space where we are spending a lot of time less cluttered. I wanted that to be a really welcoming space because we are going to spend a lot of time there. <laughs> so I just moved it to my office. So, <laughs> but I think you know, in reality, the, the two things that I'm doing, the two big things that I'm doing is um, I, have, I have never been able to do this before. I have been going to bed earlier, um, like uh, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I've been getting up at 6 a.m. And I've been getting that extra kind of one to two hours uninterrupted in the morning um, mm-hmm. before you know breakfast and everything else. Um, the other thing, and I literally have never been able to do that, or I've always told myself I've never been able to do that. But then by forcing myself to do it two days in a row, I've already debunked the fact that I can't do that. I can actually do it. Um, And that's been very valuable because what I've done is my number one priority that I have to do for that day, whatever it is, that's what I do at six o'clock. And I, I have a little ritual. Um, I've, I've done the Michael Hyatt books and all that stuff. So I've got, you know, I get up and I, I read um, my utmost for his highest and I write my little prayer journal and I kind of let my worries go for that first half an hour. But then I sit down and I do one hour of just what has to get done today. And if I do nothing else today, I did this one hour. And actually what that's freed up for me is the ability to do the homeschooling and just not worry about the other stuff because I've done the one thing. And, um, you know, and the one that like, for example, today, the one thing I had to do was actually make sure that my team, because we normally see each other and, but was to make sure my team knew the, the three things that were on their schedule for the whole week. And that was all. I wanted everyone to have three things to worry, worry about for the week. But I, you know, and, and that took me actually, it took me longer than that first hour, but I set the day up. And then I, then as and when I had time during the day, I just went back to that one thing. And I did think about you today because, you know, we talked about, I have a star jar and I have these little stars and, uh, and Neil promised me that I could do things that I don't want to do. And so, and also that I should finish, you know, one of the things you said was finish that thing that you don't want to do, finish it before you let yourself do anything else. Mm-hmm. And so the whole day when I wanted to go off and do this and go off and do that and, you know, go check that email, I just kept coming back to that one thing that I promised myself I was going to do for the day. 
And then when I actually did it, I put it, I put a purple star in there. I was so proud of myself. I was like, I did it. I got the email out. The team knows what they're doing. And it, I was so proud of myself, but it just, it's that kind of, um, you know, that, and I think the big deal for me is I normally try and do three things every day. And right now I'm down to one, you know, what's the, what's the 20% that I have to do to keep the business going? Because yeah. we know 20% produces 80% of the results anyway. So all we're doing is cutting out the faff and really focusing on the, the key things. So that's kind of, that's, I'd say those are the little things that I'm doing, but obviously you're the expert here. So uh, what are your tips and, and what would you say to what I've been trying to do? Yeah, I would say if it's working for you, do it. Like don't, if it's not broken, don't try and fix it. So I do love that you're doing like your one thing, first thing. And you're getting that knocked off that I totally agree with that hundred percent. So you're using what I would call in, in my program, I call it magic time, which is a block of time that you set aside that is very focused, distraction free. If at all possible right now, I know that may not be possible, but if there's a way to do it, like you're getting up early to do work, I'm doing the same thing. Um, some people have spouse, have another partner or something at home that can watch the kids for a short block of time or whatever, but you set aside that time and you use it for the one or maybe two things that are like vital that need to get done that day. And what, this is a crazy thing and it's a different way of thinking about time, but you can just decide how long something's going to take you to complete and once you decide, you just get it done in that amount of time. And that is a very different way to think about it than just, I'm going to work on this until it's done. I don't think we have the luxury of just working on things anymore. I think we have to be a lot more disciplined with ourselves and with our time and have very specific results that we're creating in every block of time that we set aside. And like you said, once you do that, like if you set aside one hour or two hour block in the morning and you take care of that most vital thing, the whole rest of the day, you can feel a little bit more free and not be so anxious about the distractions, like the kids coming in the door that you can't anticipate that's going to happen 450 times throughout the rest of the day when they're up. Right. And so even you have taken the thing that's requiring the most brain power for you and that needs the most of your focus, you've knocked it out. And so the, there might be more things on your to-do list for that day. You may have more things you want to get done, but they're maybe not going to be done in that constrained amount of time. Maybe you can, you know, relax it a little bit and give yourself a little more time to take into account for the distractions that are going to come up. But this ties into that Parkinson's law that you talk about a lot, which is that you will, your work will expand to fill the time that you give it basically. Yep. So when you limit your time, uh, that you, then you actually become more productive versus just filling the time. Yeah. And I think this is an idea that we have really grown up with. And so that's why we think about it this way. When you talk to people and you, they talk about their work, like if they're in the corporate world or whatever, and you ask them what they did, they're like, well, I spent eight hours and I don't really know what I, I didn't really accomplish anything at the end of it. So in my mind, I was always having a hard time reconciling that. So why would I spend the eight hours if I'm not creating something in it? Can I just spend four hours instead and get something done and then go home? 
Like that's what, that's the mentality that I always had, right? Like I would rather just work my butt off in a shorter amount of time and create at a massively high level and then have extra time available to me to do the other things that I want with my life. Yeah. They don't work that way though. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Yeah. I'm on a mission to change that though. Instead of looking at time spent, it's results created. What did you create in that time today? That's what's important. I love that. I think that's really important to think about. Um, yeah, no, I, I, there's so many things that we could talk about, but I do think, uh, I think finding that hour, I I like to call it your sacred space, uh, is really important. And, um, what I've, the advice I've given to women who are home with kids, you know, at, at the moment and their, whose husbands are working, because I think, what we tend to find in our community, not always. In fact, Paula's just said that she's got lots of time and no kids at the moment. Um, she <laughs> wishes she could relate, but she's not in this zone. And I totally understand. We have a lot of women at Tech Pixies who don't have children and they have other other issues going on right now, obviously, um, apart from that. But we have a lot of women with them. So we'll, we'll keep this conversation focused on that. But I just think it's it's one of those things where if you're not, uh, if you're not finding that hour for yourself, and, you know, first, and, and what I said to women whose husbands are home right now, uh, and even the ones whose husbands are ho- at home and still doing the 10 hour, 12 hour days, I did say to them, first of all, no company in this environment, unless they're in the, in the essential jobs is going to be expecting someone to be working 10, 12 hour days in this environment. Like there, they, they will, there will be an understanding that there's going to be some flexibility with time, whether you're a man or a woman. But the second thing is that if the husband or the partner is home and you are able to say to them, can you be in charge for an hour to give me the time? Because if you think someone's gonna be in charge for 10 to 12 hours straight, they need that break, they need that hour. And whether it's at the beginning of the day or the end of the day or the middle of the day, just ask, just asking. You know, I always like to say the answer is always no. So if you don't ask, the answer is going to be no. So just ask and say, is it okay if I have, you know, or not even, is it okay? Just say, I need this hour and let's find a way for, for me to grab that hour. And, you know, you can offer up the hour to them too. You know, I mean, at the moment you can only go outside um, once a day. That's what we've been told here. And so like today, my husband took the kids out to go um, play some play some football in the park and then it, the deal is tomorrow he's going to go out on his own and I'm going to take the kids and do something in the park so we're kind of having to tag team that way too but I think you've got you've got to be willing to or and and uh you've got to be brave and have that conversation with your partner about especially if they're the one working and you're the one with the kids but see the thing is is I like it's ironic that I say that because a lot of women will be working too. It's just that now when everyone's at home, it's like the priority is going to fall on the man to work and, or the, you know, and not necessarily on the woman, if it's that kind of arrangement. And so I do think that's something that, you know, goes back to like when people have their kids in nursery and they say, well, I can't possibly pay for nursery with my salary. And it's like, well, why are you paying for it with your salary? You know, the nursery should be paid for from both salaries because it's not, you know, it's not your salary. The children are going to nursery so that both of you can go to work, not just so that you can go to work. So it's an interesting, we, we unconsciously 
um, we unconsciously value one or the other partner's jobs above, above ourselves sometimes. And when we do that, we then, we then end up being the fallback for quite a lot of things. And I think, you know, a lot of the women in our community need to be, need to be encouraged that it's okay to say, you know, I, I am, I've got some priorities I need to take care of too, as well as our children. <laughs> and yeah you know, and, and ask for that time. Totally. I've been, I've been used to asking for that time for a long time. So I don't, ha- I don't have, I'm not brave. I don't have to be brave about it, but I know what it's like to be brave, have to be brave and ask that question. Yeah. And I think it's also another opportunity for us to check in on our relationships and our communication and our honesty and integrity that, and how we're approaching the situation with our partners and, you know, just have a direct conversation about like, Hey, I really would like to have this lot of time. Could you cover for me? Or yeah, well, Tim and I went that and sat down and we looked at the entire calendar through to the end of April and just said, okay, what two days every week does, did he need? And what two days every week did I need? And then we have kind of a floater day. And I mean, we, we are luck. We are in a luxurious position because he doesn't work full time, but the irony is I work full time. I work full time, but I'm not asking him to keep me working full-time. What I said is I will reduce my working hours to the bare essential stuff that I need to keep doing to keep the business going. And, you know, and then that way we're both working, but there was no way I could just say, Oh, I'm going to keep working and you have to stop that. That just wasn't possible, but we've had to find that, that balance, but you have helped me massively in looking at my schedule and, and, looking ahead. So the very first call I had with Neil was one-on-one and she said, I want you to plan out your entire next week for me. And I was just like, what? (laughs) You want me to do what? I'd never done that before. I was like, I barely knew what I was doing that day. It's like, just wake up and like, see what happens, you know? So, you know, she sat me down and you said, you sat me down and you said, okay, I want you. And it was so hard for me was so hard for me and you kept challenging me on like how long things were going to take you know was was um you know i'd say oh i have to do this i have to do this project and i have to do that project and it was very quick i was very it was very quickly i realized there was no way that all the things i thought i could do uh, in that week were going to actually go onto the calendar and you said if it's not scheduled it's not going to happen. You have to schedule everything. And that first week, that was really interesting to schedule an entire week out. And I think actually one of the things that made me feel more normal going into this week, knowing we were going to be homeschooling and knowing we were going to be very likely homebound was creating some sort of schedule uh, for the family. So I think if people haven't done that already, that's a really great idea to just create that schedule and just say, right, we're doing this at nine, we're doing this at 10, we're doing this at 11 and make sure there's room to breathe. But, you know, it doesn't have to be regimented. But I think, I think when you said to me, yeah, okay, so I want you to write out your entire week <laughs> right now for next week. I was just like, what? You were like, okay, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I, yeah, I was practically, I was like, that's like, so not going to happen. But interestingly right. enough, um, that, that pre-planning sitting down at the beginning of the, well, you know, on a Sunday night and just saying, okay, what are the priorities? And actually what I'm finding now is because I'm so aware of how long things take and, 
getting them on the calendar, what I'm finding is actually I'll, I can almost see what my next three or four or five weeks are looking like, because now I'm pay, I, I, I'm, I'm able to spread it out and pace it out. Would you say that it's an, it's a, that optimists, uh, that, do you, do you, do you believe in this saying that optimists always overschedule? I mean, is that, I, I'm definitely an optimist. Yeah, I think, here's what I think. I'm just first speak to what you just said, because I think people don't do this. They think that there's like this magic to creating a schedule. And what it really is, is being willing to sit down, make a list of all of the things that you want to have completed in the next week. And this doesn't just apply to your work life, guys. So this is where a lot of things go sideways. And the reason why we feel out of balance is because we only plan for work. I'm yeah, not, I don't plan for work. I plan for my whole life, all of my priorities, everything goes on to my schedule. Like literally everything. I could show you a screenshot of my calendar and you would see everything on there. Time with my son, time with my husband, time to take care of myself, my business, all of it is on there. And like Joy said, I, I had her sit down and plan for a whole week. And I want you to think about what that does. So you take one hour to plan your whole week. And basically what you're doing is you're batching all of your decisions about what you're doing and when you're doing it for the whole week. So you don't get to your day and then think, okay, so what am I going to do next? Because when you sit there and you ask yourself that question, it's like a Pandora's box. Your brain is going to offer you like a thousand different options. And then you're going to have to choose from all those options. And you end up creating more decisions for yourself when you operate that way in your week than just taking the one planning hour, laying it all out. And then it's so, it's such a gift because then all you have to do is wake up in the morning and be like, and look at your calendar and remind yourself what you plan for yourself to do. You don't have to make any decisions about that in the middle of the day. So well, that, that is a great thing for you to do. And that's all well and good until it derails, which is then as this is one of the things I've struggled with. So I, I have been working for, um, so February and March. And so for two whole months, I've been working on pre-scheduling my week and then, you know, mm -hmm. doing my week. And, and it's, it's one of those things where you make progress and then you fall off the bandwagon and then you have to kind of get back on the bandwagon. And so uh, what are your tips for, for that? When you, let's say you do sit down and you create that schedule and then things don't go to plan the way that you thought they were going to, how do you get back on track? So the way that I look at it is in the first few weeks of when I work with people and I help them create kind of like their ideal schedule, it's all an experimentation process, right? So we're going to try something we're going to look and see if it if it worked well, if it, we planned effectively or where it broke down. So I have everybody do an evaluation at the end of every single week. What worked, what didn't work, what do we need to change for next week? So it's a constant like refinement process until you get to a week where you're like, yeah, that actually worked really well. So that's one thing to know. Like, it's not like one week, set it and forget it. It's, we have to constantly kind of keep refining and adjusting it, tweaking it till it gets to the schedule that works really well. And once you do that, it's not like it's set for the rest of time either, right? It's because life happens like coronavirus happens. So all my clients who had this beautiful schedule that was working for them, they're working 20 hours a week and loving life. They've had to adjust now because life is a little bit different, right? But that's the whole point is I teach you how to be resilient in that and be able to make those modifications to your schedule when they come up. 
So that's the first thing. Then the second part to that is figuring out why it didn't work. So when you say that it's derailed, is it something that we just didn't think about putting into your schedule? Is it something that needs to have a spot ongoing? Is it something that was unexpected and is not likely to happen again? What We need to figure out what it was specifically so that we can plan for it or you know, if it makes sense to plan for it or adjust the schedule. And so if you notice this is happening a lot, one of the um, types of time that I have everybody schedule into their week is what I call a buffer or an overflow time. So that if you are someone like you think that you are optimistic in what you can get done in a amount of time, if you don't, it doesn't derail your whole schedule because you know you can rely on this little bit of overflow time to help you wrap up whatever you didn't get done. So in the beginning, maybe you'll have a little piece of this at 30 minutes every single day. Some clients who I've been working with for a longer period of time, I'm challenging them to get things done when they say that they're going to. And so we have kind of a way to reinforce that is that they have their overflow time during like the weekend where they really don't want to work. So it's incentivizes them to figure out how to get that thing done in the amount of time that they allocated to themselves. So it depends on, it's a little bit individualized in how we would approach that, but there's ways to navigate through that for sure. But I would suspect when someone says that it was derailed, it had to do with not properly planning, like not yeah. properly seeing what was going to happen that week. There will yeah. be things like coronavirus that come out of nowhere, really, or feel like they do, uh, or a child gets sick or, you know, something like that happens. But I think when I look at my weeks where things didn't quite fit, it's because I didn't really fully admit to myself how many things you know, I wanted to get done. But I also think I would imagine that that derailing comes as well when people don't take into account the family and they don't take into account themselves and they just do the work schedule and forget that they have like more sides to their life than work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And one thing that I see is really common. People forget to schedule in transition time. So for instance, like at the end of the day, maybe at three o'clock, you need to go get the kids from the bus. Well, if you forget to put that in there, that could eat up a whole half an hour or depending on kind of what it looks like, what the commute looks like, we need to plan in for all of that. And so in the first few weeks, that's where a lot of that kind of falls out. Like, oh, we totally forgot about this. And so we need to add some extra time to accommodate for that. So I think uh, this has been really helpful. I just wanted to to tap into some of the comments and make sure that we're acknowledging some people's thoughts. Uh, Heidi says she loves planning week by week. It helps her focus for sure. Uh, she says she, she tries to have Friday off, but then uh, it gets used if needed. So Heidi yeah. sounds like a scheduler and a planner, which is, that sounds like a good plan, Heidi. Um, Claire, Claire says, I would love to be able to schedule like this and have tried, but it's so hard. I love the concept of creating results in a set amount of time. Yeah. So that so definitely. Claire, the question that I would have for you is why do you think it's hard? And just have you kind of think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think it's hard? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Claire on that one. (laughs) I I know what it feels like. What, what's hard about it? Like what, what seems hard? Oh, by keeping my schedule. Well, I think I, through the work that we're doing, I think I'm really starting to identify that I tend to do the things I like to do. And I tend to not do the things that I don't like to do. Yeah. And, um, and 
I think that also says a lot to the fact that um, I, there's certain things that I feel like I need to do that I haven't let go of. So I think when you, when you look at things you don't want to do, and this is me kind of just talking this through, when you look at things that you don't want to do, like, for example, I do not want to do um, this insurance paperwork that we need to do. Right. And it's like, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a red star sitting on my computer. Like I've got it in there for three weeks. Like, I don't want to do that, but what I, what, when I really think about it, it's, it's it'll be a painful couple hours to get it done but then what it does for my family is something really positive and I think you know I have to I like we talked about this on the group call I've got to tap into the bigger vision of why it matters to my family in order to do it but like just I I think it's you know paperwork in general it pretty much does me in and, you know, I'm a very creative person. I love people. I love talking to people. I love this. Like I, this, I would do over the insurance paper anytime. I right? know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so I think I can, I can relate to Claire and that it feels hard because uh, to, and uh, to actually pull yourself away from doing something that you enjoy doing to doing something that you don't really enjoy that. That's the part that's hard. Yeah. And I can see that. And I think there's a couple of ways to approach that, right? If at all possible, delegate the things that you just genuinely don't like to do. But then the other part of it is to just become the woman or the person who does those things, even though you don't like to, because you like the result that it gives either you or your family, or there's a reason why it's even in your life in the first place, right? So if you kind of step back and you think about why that's even there on my schedule, and it's a good enough reason for you to do it, even when you don't want to do it. That's the piece that you tap into. And here's a little trick. So I used to um, have a lot of work that I did in my corporate job that I, I like, you know what I mean? Like you dread and you're like, I just don't want to do that. And so what I noticed is like the hardest part is actually getting started on it. Mm. And that once I got started on it, it was so much easier to kind of just keep going. So here's what I would tell myself. I would, I would tell myself, you don't have to do it for any longer than five minutes. All you have to do is it for five minutes. And I always knew I could just do something for five minutes, even though it was painful and I didn't like it. I could handle five minutes. I'm okay with that. But what would happen like nine times out of 10 is I would just keep going and be like, okay, I'm already into it. I might as well just finish it. And it's going to feel so amazing when I'm done. And I don't have to think about that thing ever again. And yeah. so that's a little trick. Well, and what you just pointed out is like the thing I've got there for three weeks, the mental baggage that you carry yes. with yourself. In fact, by the time you finish the task that you didn't want to do, you've probably thought more about not doing it than it actually yes. took you to do it. Yes. And not uh, only that, it's grown in your brain to be this giant beast of a thing. And it's actually not like if you just sat down and did it. And I noticed this about myself too. I just made it into this ginormous thing that it really wasn't. I mean, it wasn't pleasant. I wouldn't like want to do it all the time, but it wasn't that big of a deal either. Once I just sat down and tackled it. Well, Claire's written in and she says, um, it's hard because I can't seem to think of what I need to do, but maybe I need to allow myself the time. Also, it seems like a chore, but I totally know it's worth it. Okay, so possibly a little bit of overwhelm there where there's too many things and hasn't written them down. That was one of the things you talked about the other day. Yeah. 
just write, do a brain dump, write everything yeah. you've got to do down and then pick your priorities for that week and then let everything else go really. Yeah. So what happens is we've unfortunately started using our brains for a purpose that they're not meant to. So if you don't clean out all the stuff, all the to-dos from your brain, you're using it as a storage unit, but it's not meant to store things. It's, it's just not meant to function that way. It's a processor. So it's transactional in nature. And so once you get the to-do list out, what it likes to do is figure out, okay, how are we going to get it on the calendar? How are we going to get it done? That's where it's jam is, right? But if you keep it all up in your brain, you're clouding your brain's ability to work at a really high level. So getting it out on a piece of paper and not having to remember it. And if any of your people are over 40, I don't know if you anybody has noticed this, but like for me, I'm not very good at remembering things anymore. Like it will come to me in the middle of the night and then I will lose it forever. Like I, so I have to write it down. Otherwise it's gone. Right. And it's just my brain's way. It's a joke in my family that I've always dumped things. Like I've just let things go. I have so many memories. My husband reminds me, remember when we went on a vacation, such a place. And I'm like, no, I have, I have zero memory of that. Like literally don't remember any of it. So I have to write down paper, but I also know that's just the way the brain works. So when you're feeling overwhelmed at all, my best tip is for you to just write all of it down on a piece of paper and at least clean your brain out. If you don't go any further than that, it's going to feel a little bit lighter. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's great advice. Um, uh, Heidi says, I can relate so much. I hate doing my bookkeeping so much. Do I, Heidi, here's my piece of advice 100%. for you. <laughs> that is something you give up. <laughs> Find a bookkeeper. That is one of the easiest ones to give up eventually. Yeah. But I used to leave it to the last minute. I now do three hours a month. Not that much when I break it down. Makes it so much easier, um, so much better than a whole day every three months. And that's that's true. That's true. I mean, I like I like that you've done that. You've made it into a weekly. I could never do that. I got to a point where it was like ridiculous with my bookkeeping. I just thought I got to get a bookkeeper because it's just one of those things I just got to let go. And I got, I immediately got about 20 hours back <laughs> of my yeah. life. So it depends on where you're at with stuff, but I totally get that. I totally get not wanting to do the bookkeeping and, yeah. and but, it's, but it, but it does cause a huge problem if you do let it build up and you don't find that, that regular time to, to put into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think most, if, if most of the people on in your group are like entrepreneurial oriented, bookkeeping, things like that, our brains are like, yeah, no, I like to do the creative stuff. I like to, you know, talk to my people. I like to put out courses, all of that, but like doing bookkeeping is like, makes you want to throw up. And so I get it. I agree with you. That's one of those things. If you have the ability to outsource that, to delegate it, that might be a great opportunity to start hiring someone to help you. And if not, then it's just for a short period of time. You can also remind yourself like, this is not forever. I'm doing this for now, but in six months or one year, this is my gift to myself that I'm gonna hire someone to be able to do this for me. Well, and that's true too. I think I'm, well, I think one of the mistakes, and I'm not saying Heidi's doing this, but I think one of the mistakes that women do when they set up a business or as a freelancer, they, they don't put a value on all the different tasks that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they, then when they invoice for stuff, they just invoice for the time that they actually put into whatever they were working on for that client. And they don't realize that actually they had to spend time in the 
accounts, they had to spend time in admin, they had to spend time, you know, servicing that client in different ways, not just the actual work they did for that client. And so it's really important. And we, we have a pro rata calculator that helps people to figure out how much they should charge. But it's about two to three times what you want to take home per hour, because you have to do those things, you know, the bookkeeping, etc. But then you have to think, if I wasn't doing them, if somebody else was doing my bookkeeping, if, you know, if I was Heidi and if I was paying someone three hours a month to do my bookkeeping, what would I have to pay them? And what would I have to add on to my invoices in order to be able to pay for that person? Because that's, that's part of it is, is, is the fact that oftentimes when we get started out in business, we, we think I can do this for myself and it'll save me money. But actually, if you had to replace yourself doing it, you're, you know, that doesn't necessarily save you money in the long term. Right. So I do think it's, but I think if you are entrepreneurial, that's one of the, the toughest ones there. Yeah. Um, I don't know any entrepreneur who likes doing their books. Like, I just don't think that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a thing unless you're like an entrepreneur in the bookkeeping space. Um, <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe. I have to say Zoe's got my favorite comment of the, of the night. She says, I try to write my thoughts down as I forget too easily, but I couldn't remember where, where my notebook was today. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. In there, Zoe. That's I'm with you, girl. Like, I just put it in the same spot every day. So I don't even have to think about it. Like, I just know where it's going to live and I don't have to remember. Yeah. I, Heidi's just said, she likes to know where she is with her finances. I do too, um, Heidi. Here, this is my problem. When I was the bookkeeper, I never... Knew, I knew how much money was in the bank, but I never knew, like, I never knew exactly where we stood with invoices and everything else. By, by hiring a bookkeeper who did make sure every single week our stuff was reconciled, I knew exactly where I was financially. So I, th I, think, I think it's, you know, when you hire someone and that's their job and they've got to do the bookkeeping every single week, you know, on Friday that everything's up to date. That's been a huge blessing for me, but I, I actually knew less when I was in charge than when someone else was in charge. So I think that's important, but yeah. Anyway, Zoe, best comment of the night, I think. Totally. I love it. Yeah. Well, we don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, it's been wonderful chatting with you. And uh, I know that, you know, whether you have children in your home or not, uh, time is always of the essence. And right now it is more of the essence than ever. Um, but I do think that, uh, that there are tools and tricks that we can be using. And you probably took quite a few away from this conversation, but I think you should carry on your time learning or you, I should, I was going to say time management, but it's not time management. It's you management. That's so right. you should continue your you management in order to reclaim your time uh, by listening to your podcast. So where can they find your podcast? Yeah. So it's called Unbusy Your Life. And they can find it um, on iTunes or wherever they listen to their podcast. They can also go to my website, which is uh, www.neilwilliams.com forward slash podcast and listen in there as well. Two L's, N-E-I-L-L. That's yeah. right. Yep. Well, thank you so much for your time. We've got lots of thank yous coming in here on Facebook. And um, I know that people will hopefully find, uh, hopefully people will find time to listen to this, to watch this uh, in the coming days and weeks. And as we, as we deal with the time shift that we've had, um, but I appreciate your time this evening and uh, your efforts to help us all reclaim ours. Yeah. Thank you, Joy, for having me. It was so fun to talk with you. Yeah. It's always fun to talk to you. <laughs>
Bye. Bye.